everybody? Welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner. I'm Paul Scribino, uh, Predators beat writer for the Tennessee, and I'm joined by, as usual, the esteemed Gentry Estes, who happens to be our columnist. Um, today, Gentry, you know, All-Star break is here. The Predators are in second place. Uh, it sounds like it's time for some old cliche mid-season awards. What do you think? Yeah, no time like the uh, no time like the present. We're gonna go over the our MVP, biggest surprise, most improved, all kinds of fun categories for you guys. And probably not, probably not a lot of it will be a surprise. But I mean, you know, it's it is worth you know at this point in the season it is worth looking back. I mean, I you know you can arbitrarily do it at exactly the halfway point of the season or the All Star break, which is a little bit past the halfway point. But um, you know, I, I think it's as good a time as any to to just just talk about. I think what you can glean from a lot of this is is why the team is where it is right now, and 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 I think a lot of that will come from this discussion that, that we're going to have, and it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what what you have because we have not compared notes, um, so we, we we don't know who the other is going to say, and it'll be a, it'll be a good hopefully a good topic of uh, of discussion and, and conversation. So, uh, what do you you know? Let, let let's not you know let's not. Let's just cut to the chase. I mean, I think MVP. I'm interested to hear who your MVP is. I think it's. I think it's obvious, but it, you could argue a lot of different ways. You could. You, uh, mine, mine is Saros. I think he's the most valuable guy on the team. I, I think if any team that's playing well, you would probably end up saying that about the goalie, and, and you're you're never going to be wrong. Um, but I think if you were to say who's the one guy they that if they lost that guy, they could be in real trouble. It would be UC Saros. I think. I I agree, and I and I always you know MVP always kind of how how you know how people define that is, is there's a lot that goes into that and and what your interpretation is of that. But you're right. I mean, you, it's hard to argue. I mean, if this, if this team didn't have UC, the UC Saros that it has right now, this team would not be in playoff contention. I don't think. Um, you know, and that that's just I mean, and you can we can talk, you know, a little bit about I mean, you know, obviously Philip Forsberg having a career year, you know, I mean, obviously Roman Yossi having a career year, um, you know, but they've they've lost Forsberg for periods of time and 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 kept their head above water. Um, you know, they haven't, you know, fortunately for them, haven't lost UC. I think he was out for a couple of games um, this season. Um, he's one of the few guys who hasn't been on the COVID list. Um, but, you know, I mean, Philip's been out, you know, he, he's missed some time. Um you know, Roman missed a little bit of time. Obviously, you take Roman away, but but you're right. It, it's hard to be wrong picking Saros. But you know, there I, I would be willing to listen to arguments on, on others, but it'd be hard to convince me that it's not UC Saros. If if your definition is take this guy off the team and where's the team, and he he would be, I I don't even think it's close. I mean, if he you know they lost him, I I don't think they're near the team that that they are now, and I. And I you know, I think that's that's probably not a surprise to very many people. But um, speaking of surprises, Gentry, um, I'm interested to hear who your biggest surprise so far this season is. Well, we left this kind of open. All these are kind of open-ended. So you could go at this from the standpoint of, is it a player? Or you could go at it from the standpoint, of, is it an aspect of the team? So I kind of did both and hedged here. Um, my biggest surprise is Matt Duchesne. I think he's playing at a level that... Quite honestly, that I don't think we thought he was going to be capable of in Nashville after the first two seasons, and he's he's clearly, you know, outperformed his the expectations from what he had shown, but he's living up to what the expectations were when he signed, and I think that's a huge deal for the Predators. 
But to me, also, the biggest surprise is the power play in general. Uh, they have one of the better power plays in the league. And this is my third season covering this team, and I have not seen that. I've not seen a good power play at all the first two years. It's been a real weakness, and I was told it was a weakness before I got here. They have clearly changed that. So I've been been very surprised by how proficient they seem to be on that on a nightly basis. I can't I can't disagree with either of your choices there, and I do I do think it's you know it's interesting because you know on the surface it's like you know how how did you know and we've written about it and talked about it. how did this the the power play to me is a little bit bigger of a surprise just because it's been so bad for so long and all of a sudden now it got better. Now we, the reason that I, I would pick the power play over, over Duchesne is because, you know, clearly, you know, and, and I liked, you mentioned Duchesne's potential in Nashville because we've seen Duchesne, you know, we've seen Duchesne, how good he can be in other, with other teams and other places and other circumstances playing with other players. We haven't seen what he could be here yet. Um, and I, and I was with you, I had lost a lot of faith that that was going to happen. Um, you know, for many reasons. Um, and he's, he's proven wrong. He's proven us wrong and, 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 you know, good for him. And I I think the Duchesne and the power play though, it's interesting that that they're both the biggest surprises because they go hand in hand because Duchesne is their best player on the power play, at least in terms of, you know, points and, and, and goals. You know, he, he, I think he's got nine power play goals. Um, I mean, you know, and I, you know, that that's and Roman, I think has seven or eight. So, you know, when you look at the biggest surprise, yeah, I think the, the, the biggest surprises kind of go hand in hand and, and the re, you know, just to touch on the reason for the power play getting so much better is because it's not so predictable and everybody, everybody's kind of a threat on it now where before it was just the same old, same old, and they just kept trying, you know, they just kept trying to screw a, a, a a round peg into a square hole and it, it wasn't working and clearly it was something that they paid a lot of attention to in the off season and during you know even this season and it's helped them tremendously because very few teams with bad power plays get very far in the postseason so um what i think you know the, the biggest surprise we go from the biggest surprise gentry to what's your big your biggest you go with Duchesne as well on that I, for for the biggest surprise yeah Oh, I, I think the power play and power play is is one A and one B is Duchesne, and I think the power play because of Duchesne, uh, a lot because of Duchesne. So it's kind of it's kind of one and the same. You know, I kind of hedge my my answer too because I think it's it's fair to you know he's made that power play a lot better, and and you know you gotta you gotta give him credit. I mean, shoot, I didn't hesitate to you know be critical of, of the man when when he wasn't performing, and I think it's only fair to to give him props when they are. So, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a stargazer, but I think, you know, I, I, I like to be fair. And I feel like this year compared to the last couple of years, I've been uh, it's been a lot more positive coming out of me about well, the, I mean, let's be honest, the whole the whole team's a surprise. Right. I mean, this oh. whole season's a surprise. We could do three shows on the biggest surprise with this team. So it's like that's another one. You can kind of take your peg. Well, and and you're right, and I think you know again, it all stems back to 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 John Hines and and just kind of you know him finally settling in after a lot of turbulence and weirdness with COVID and seasons being suspended and all this stuff. It's just you know things aren't back to normal yet, but it, but I mean I really think you're starting to you know you're starting to see in a lot of 
facets. Like, so you slowly start to see the identity in, in certain parts of, of their game. You know, maybe maybe physicality, you can notice that a lot sooner than you notice some of the other things. Um, and he's, you know, all this is all very strategic and, and all part of the, of the plan that's being implemented um, and the strategy is being implemented. And, and it's starting to show in all facets of the game over a long period of a longer period of time, you know, not, not a short sample size. So you, now you have to start to believe that, like, you know, like we said before, this is who they are. Um, but, you know, with, with, with as good as they've been um, and as surprising as they've been, and like you say, we could talk about that all day. Uh, there have been some disappointments if you will and there always is um and, and i don't even know if disappointment's a fair word gentry but um i'm interested to hear what what your biggest disappointment of this season might be you know that, that it's a tough one because it, it's going they've overachieved so much that you do feel like you're nitpicking a little bit but but i i went with uh, ellie tolan and for that i i think you know he he could still do some things this year uh he's back on the you know he's back on the ice last night but i, I think you know, for a guy who was a first-round pick who showed some real flashes last year, especially on the power play of being a, a reliable goal scorer for this team, the numbers just – they haven't been there. Um, I'm not at any point where I'm about ready to write him off or anything, but on a team where, where most of it has been better than you would expect, that might be one of the few areas where it's been a little less than you would have expected. I hate to I hate to agree with you again because I was hoping we'd disagree a little bit more, um, <laughs> make make it a little bit less boring. I do agree with you with 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 Ellie Tolvin, but I maybe for different reasons. And it's not it, the thing with 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 Ellie is that he was so hyped up. Um, you know, he was a late first round draft pick. He wasn't a top ten pick. You know, he he's you know, he, but for for whatever reason, he came with a lot of hype. And I, I think this year, even though. The, the 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 general statistics don't show it. I think he's having by far the best year of his career, um, and the numbers don't bear that out. I understand that you can't you know you can't look look at the numbers as evidence to necessarily back up your argument. And he's also been on the shelf a lot. Um, and the, and 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 part three of that for me is, you know, I, I think there was a lot of before we knew what 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 this team was going to be, we knew he was going to be here, and we figured he would have a much bigger role than he's had probably where other guys have emerged, you know, when, when, when before we knew whether Johansson and Duchesne would be, you know, or Grant, or even if Granlin was coming back before we knew anything about those guys or Forsberg would have a career year, we expected Tolvanen to be a top six forward, right? We expected him to get those kind of minutes and play on, you know, get a lot of power play time. And, you know, that hasn't necessarily been the case because a lot of other guys have kind of emerged in his place, the place maybe the Predators expected him to kind of take over, uh, you know, be everything being equal to what has been the last few seasons. And I think because he's kind of been a little bit of, of a victim of the success of the Predators, and in particular of a Forsberg or Duchesne or Johansson, where he's maybe not getting the opportunity that we projected and they projected he probably would have. And also, you know, like you say, being – being on an IR and, and or or being on the COVID list, you know, hasn't helped him. Um, but I, I, when I when I'm watching him, he's he's another eye test guy. When I'm watching him, I'm seeing a, a player who is performing way better than what the numbers show. So, but but if you have to pick one, you know, he, he certainly. And, and I'm with you, Gentry. I don't. I haven't given up on the guy. Um, you know, I, I just I, I just don't know what he is yet. Uh, and, and I think it's good for the Preds too that you're not seeing him have to play 
the kind of role he was playing at times last year. I mean, that guy was like on the first line at times, and it's it's I think it's been good for the Preds that he has. They're not having to rely on him in a way that that would make him a high profile player. So we'll see. Well, and, you, we'll, and you know, yeah. and you, you know what, Gentry, he 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 doesn't have the offensive numbers, but I tell you what, I see improvement on. He's his his defensively, physically. Um, He's light years ahead of where he was last year, uh, and it's not even close. You know, he he's he's a defensively responsible player, and he is 100% improved in that area. And he's not, you know, he's here's the way I look at it. He's a natural scorer, and the natural scorers are going to score, but they aren't always going to improve other aspects of their game. And I think he's taken this opportunity to focus on, hey, I can score. I know I'm not, but I'm I'm not going to let that stop me from getting better in some other parts of my game that need, you know, that need the improvement. And he just has to trust that the offense is going to come. And even if it doesn't come like expected, he's still a better player than he was last year. So it's hard to say he's a disappointment because he's gotten better, but we're picking at nits because they're, they're way better than we thought they were going to be. Yeah. It's well said. All right. Most improved. I think we're not going to agree on this one. We'll have you go first on the most improved. To me, the most improved by far is Dante Fabro. He had such an awful end to last season. Um, he had a you know a good couple first stints with the Predators, looked promising, and then last year just hit a wall. Was benched for the playoffs, you know, and and from all indications from 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 John and and, and his teammates, didn't pout, you know, didn't he, he? I'm sure he was upset, but didn't he wasn't a prima donna about it, and actually went and looked at John and said, okay, well, I'm going to make you play me next year, and and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to take your advice of what you think I should do. And and he did that. And he, you know, look, look, losing Ryan Ellis. I know Ryan was always hurt, but, but that was, that was a big loss for them. Um, and, and Dante, you know, has kind of stepped in, um, and, and made that defense, you know, still very, very solid, you know, above average, obviously, but you know, he's, he's more than held his own and he's not a big offensive threat, like, you know, but he's, he can play with anybody. He's, you know, you don't see, I re, I just remember this Gentry. There were several times last season where you were, where the Predators would allow a goal and you would just look and you would go, Dante, what are you doing? Like what? Like I just, just the mental lapses that the guy had it was almost inexplicable. Like what? I, I don't get it. And he's not making nearly as many mistakes. Like I can't think of a game this year that he lost the Predators. I can think of four or five last year that he probably single-handedly lost the Predators. And and you know from a defenseman, I mean you, you, that's dangerous territory. I mean it's going to happen, but you don't want it to happen. As well, he didn't often. even trust him to be out there in the playoffs. Right. I mean that. I mean that says all you need to know. I mean uh, you know I, I so that to me. I mean to me, I don't even think it's close. I think that he's he's their most improved player or most improved part of their team. You know, I thought first about Philip Forsberg only because I felt like I should mention him at some point for one of these. Because I, I truly do believe that that Forsberg, you know, we're going to do most underrated. And I don't think Philip Forsberg is underrated, but I do think the season he's having kind of is from the standpoint of just how good he's starting to, to be. Um, it's He's reaching a level that I'm not sure the Preds have ever had that kind of player, to be honest. No, he, um, I mean, Gentry, he, I think he's first or second in the NHL in five-on-five goals. And he's missed tons of time. I mean, he, he's, right. yeah. he, he's going to score. He's on pace to break the franchise record, which isn't all that impressive to begin with. But still, you know, with, with as much time as he's missed, I, you know, I, 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 I can't argue with that. I, I, I'd have a different pick, but I can't, you know, 
I, I know it's hard to, you know, you can't call them underrated. I mean, but, you know, I, I agree with you. The season that he's having might be underrated. I'll also go for most improved. I think a shout out to John Hines. John Hines has done a very good job with this team. And I think a lot of what they are doing right now is a credit to the fact that there is a buy-in with this group that I think we first started seeing over the course of last season that has only grown stronger this year. Um, when you go watch them play, I mean, you know, we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. So this, the night before they, they beat uh, Vancouver last night and I, I'm just watching they're, they're finishing checks, four checks, guys like Forsberg just playing with this physical edge. They just look like they're playing at a different speed. They're so much more fun to watch. They play better together. They're just more, they're more organized, but they're just, they're just better. They're hungrier. They look like a different team. The first couple of years here covering this team, I would watch other NHL teams and think to myself, gosh, you know, the Preds really don't play like that. They're, they they're, they're, they're soft. I mean, and, and that's, you know that that comes from. I mean, ha- first of all, having a players who are able to 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 be physical and players who are willing to be physical. And I would argue that you know you look up and down this roster. I mean, there are a lot of forget the tough guys, right? But there almost every player. There are a couple I can think of who I, I think Matt Duchesne doesn't really like. Philip Forsberg doesn't shy away from being physical. Um, even even Ali Tolvin in this year is not shied away from it. Um, you know, these are guys who are not, you know, they're not getting in fights or not, not, I'm not talking that kind of physical, but I mean, I, you know, I, I, I just, there aren't very many guys on this team who aren't willing to do it. And that is a credit, I think, to, to what you're talking about with, with John. They and, were, they were relentless last night. They were, they were playing a team who was on a back to back having been off, I guess, four or five days themselves. They knew it and they, they did it all game and wore down Vancouver and you could see it over the course of the game. And that is something that I don't think the Preds were really built to do until this year. Um, they went out with a with a, a plan and approach, and they executed it perfectly and won the game. Yeah, and, and this is and, I, and you know I've you know in the in years past it's like Austin Watson was their toughest guy. Like I mean, and that's nothing against Austin. He was always willing to you know fight for his teammates. But he first of all he was one of the only ones, and second of all like. He's not he's not a tough guy, you know what I mean? He he had to be because that was kind of like they didn't have anybody else and he was willing to do it. But um anyway, um my most underrated gentry and and I think you can say this every year, uh at least you know the, the years I've been watching his team is is Colton Sissons. I mean, he, the guy's just he's so good both ways. Doesn't get and other players willing to be physical. He knows plays on that herd line, which is one, you know, one of the best, you know, most important lines for the Predators anyway. You know, a lot of times starts games for the Predators against the other team's top lines. Um, and Colton, I think, you know, he's the quarterback of that, and he just he's so good defensively. I know his offensive numbers aren't, you know, anything that make you, you know, jump off the page at you, but, you know, he, he's just so solid and just so good at so many different things. And, and, and the big thing with him is, he to me, he doesn't make a, like when you're he's out there. You don't have to worry about him making a stupid mistake that's going to cost you very often. He, you know, he's he, he's going to be responsible and he's the he is. I would tell you probably. I mean, everybody, every coach loves the Roman Yossi's and loves those guys, but Colton is the coach's player. I mean, he, the coach like there there is nobody that those coaches trust more in any situation than Colton Sissons. And you know, whether it be, you know, like, like I said, any situation, special teams, defense, you know, offensively, physically, you know, he, he just, he's just so solid in so many ways. And, and I think that's overlooked a lot. He was that guy who 
going to the expansion draft last year, I kind of always in the back of my mind always had said that might be the guy they lose. That that would have been the guy if I'm Seattle, I'd want to have him. And you know, they lost a, they lost a valuable player in Yarncroke, but I always kind of thought that about Sissons. I've I've always liked Sissons. Um, for most underrated, I, I put down uh, Mikel Granlin. I think he is a guy who has been extremely effective now for the Preds for a couple of years. He does a lot of the things. I think a lot of what he did from a mentality standpoint, effort, toughness, uh, stood out last year because a lot of his teammates weren't weren't playing to that same level. I don't think it's standing out as much this year because I think they're all doing it. But I think in terms of the transition they have made, he's been a big part of that and an underrated part of that. Well, I, I don't disagree with you on that. And I think you could argue, you know, with with, uh, you know, with the fact that uh, you could even argue that he might be the biggest surprise just because, you know, he, he's putting up the numbers uh, this year, which I wouldn't. I, the reason I wouldn't say the biggest surprise, though, is because he's he's thrived under John Hines um, ever since John's started, you know, with coaching the Predators. Uh, Granlin's been a player who you've, you know, he's dependent on him more than anybody. He's played more minutes than anybody. Um, and, and now it's starting to bear out, with, you know, in the numbers. So I think, you know, you're right. I, that, that's why I would hesitate to put him in surprise, but I certainly can't disagree with, with, with him being underrated. Um, and real quick, just to, to, to wrap it up, Gentry, uh, the best youngster, I think it's pretty obvious who the, who the best youngster on the team is. I mean, you know, Tanner Janot, obviously. Um, you know, They've got Phillip, several, though. We, we, Phillip could, we could talk about a couple. Philip Tomasino's been, you know, when he's gotten a chance, has, has shown some flashes of being, you know, potentially being really good. Alexander Carrier, I, you know, he's been, he's been, I, I would argue he's one of the more underrated players too. Um, you know, but, but I, you can't, I mean, Janot is, is a rookie of the year candidate, not probably not going to win rookie of the year, but I mean, one of the, let's just put it this way. He's one of the best rookies in the league and he, and I said it before, personifies this identity that the Predators have been striving for. Like if you, if you told me to pick one player on the team that that personifies what John Hines wants his team to be, I would pick Tanner Janot. Um, you know, for many reasons. I mean, he, he obviously is he can he can fight, but you know, he's he's offensively capable. He's defensively responsible. He's he's all the things that I think John Hines looks for in a player and, and he's thriving uh, under Hines, but yeah, Philip Thomas, you know, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, there's several of them who, who you can, it'd be in a discussion, but I don't think it's close at the end. Yeah. You know, you know, to me is, is the perfect example of how small the gap is between a player who makes it and a player who doesn't and why certain guys make it and others don't, um, you know, and like I say, I think he's a, he was the, we talked about Granlin. We talked about Hines. Those are or talk about Jano. Uh, those are two very much John Hines guys, and you could tell it. And and they have really flourished with this team. And you know, Jano, uh, nobody saw coming. It just goes to show that this sport, more than any other, you see that where it is hard to project, man. And guys oh, will come out of nowhere like that. It is, and and I'd be remiss, you know, if you know, we we've mentioned. Look, we can't mention everybody, and obviously, people can disagree with our selections. But I mean, you know, don't. Don't don't think that you know. We know Roman Yossi's having a better season than he had his you know his Norris Trophy winning season. He's having the best season of his career. It's not something that we you know that's lost on us. Um, you know, and he 
you could make an argument that he's their most valuable player, if, if depending on how you define it. You know, so I, I don't want people to think that we're we're overlooking. I mean, part of the fun of this though is the, is the debate that that you know, we, not everyone's going to agree, and everyone has their own interpretation. Of what well, we already mentioned Ryan Johansson; he's over at you. I mean, yeah, they're having a good year. They're having a lot go right right now. They are, and and you know what? You know, good for them. It's a, it's always more enjoyable. I always say this. I don't want to give away too many trade secrets, Gentry, but I, I, you know, in all the years of doing this, I've always had a preference of, you know, people ask me, you know, what I, I care about good stories. You know, that, that's what I root for is good stories. But like when it comes to, you know, beat, beat reporting and, and being a covering a team every single day, um, you either want to cover a team that's really, really good or really, really bad. Because, you know, if they're really, really good, a lot of people are interested in it. If they're really, really bad, chances are there's going to be turmoil and things going on and, you know, that, that you can write about that people are interested in. Um, but the worst thing you can do is cover a mediocre team because nobody cares and and, and it's hard to, you know, just find the motivation and, 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 and you know, obviously you want to find the great stories. But, you know, th- this team is is from our limited ability to cover them. And I, I wish, you know, again, we could – be around them more so we could offer you better insights but um you know the things are the way they are and but from from a hockey viewing standpoint like this team is is fun to watch like i if i was a predators fan i would be more than happy to, to you know that this is my team and this is what they're trying to do and, you know of course i'm not but it's 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 still fun it's fun hockey to watch no doubt biggest difference right there fun hockey and, to watch much more fun to watch and and you can you can sense that that it see it feels sustainable to me. Uh, there have been times when they get on runs and they're like, yeah, but there's still this problem or there's still that problem. It's it's been hard to it's, been, it's getting very hard to punch holes in what they're doing right now. They seem more it seems more sustainable to me. Now I say that and they'll come back from this break and go over February, but no, I, I I don't see it, man. They they are the the power play numbers are good, the PK numbers are good. They're they seem the by far the most complete. They've seen in year. They've seen in years, probably since the President's Trophy year. Yeah, no, I I can't argue with that. So uh, anyway, that that'll do it for this edition of the Catfish Corner. We hope you subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already, and if you haven't, why not? Remember to subscribe. Also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review, a review or a rating while you're at it. We always appreciate the feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, or funny. We prefer that. Um, Anyway, for Gentry Estes, I'm Paul Scribino. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.